What's up, tribe? We are talking about nutrition today. We're wrapping up this week, and today we're going to be talking about a really interesting topic, which is why people bounce back from diets. The writing's on the wall. Most diets don't work. Most people, after they lose weight, they bounce back and some. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image. Hey everyone, in case we haven't met, my name is Rad Burmeister. I'm joined by my brother Yanni Burmeister and by Richard Lelis. We are the founders of Unity Gym and the Unify Movement System, where we turn driven people into strong and flexible athletes. If you wanna know how we do that, grab one of our free blueprints. You can get the Strength Blueprint, the Flexibility Blueprint, or the Nutrition Blueprint. There's a link in the description of this video if you're watching on YouTube, or on uh, in the description, sorry, in the comments of the podcast if you're listening to the podcast. And also, if you haven't done so already, jump on over to the Facebook group called UMS Movement Mastermind, where we record these podcasts live and we interact with our audience. Now, question of the day, what we wanna know is, have you ever done uh, a diet to try to lose fat and did you sustain the fat loss that you achieved in the diet or did you bounce back? So have you ever lost fat in a diet and we wanna know, did you sustain that weight loss or did you bounce back? Because this is a really, really common problem and this is something that we don't talk about often at Unity Gym or on these podcasts because we've, we've drawn a line in the sand. We're not a weight loss gym, it's not what we do and it's not because we're not good at it. We, we are good at it, we know what to do. It's just, it doesn't, doesn't feed our souls. It doesn't, it doesn't uh, it's not what Yanni, Richard and I are, uh, are passionate about doing and we wanna, we wanna focus on training people uh, about what we're passionate about, which is strength, flexibility, fitness and you know, well, movement skills. It's, it's interesting that you bring it up because in preparation for this today's show, I was going over brushing up on some of the research that I often, that we often quote from a guy called Dr. Gary Slater, uh, who is a, a PhD in muscle protein synthesis and nutrition and going through his 141 published papers uh, to get to the one I was looking for, which was done back in, it obviously starts in 2020, his most recent work, and I'm going back to something that I know he published in about 2015. And in that period of going through those papers, I, I stumbled across half a dozen papers where they've actually studied whether personal trainers are, are qualified enough in nutrition to be giving any nutrition advice at all. And the, the verdict that came back is very good. Yeah. So there is a reason why we focus mostly on, uh, on exercise and we give um, benchmarks, we give guidelines in nutrition. We don't give diets because the reality is, is that we're not dietitians. And, yeah. and if you want to go b b above and beyond some basic sort of <clears throat> macronutrient uh, and calorie control uh, regimes, uh, and, and then you need to go and see someone about Yeah, that's you know? right. And we're really, we're really wanting to get um, a, a nutritionist or dietitian on the panel as a permanent fixture, um, something I'm working on. Uh, there's a few things in the pipeline, but um, until then, yeah, we're gonna stick to our basic guidelines. Yeah, yeah, so, and that's what we're gonna talk about today. We're gonna, I mean, um, have, we fr have we framed up the five things that we try to teach people to get to with nutrition yet? No. No? 
So just because um, I missed the earlier shows this week because I've had some problems with my eye again, Tribe. But just to quickly frame up, because um, I wasn't sure whether Rad and Richie covered this, that the, there's five key things that we try to get people to with our nutrition um, uh, guidelines, I'll call them. Uh, not, not, not a diet, it's a nutrition guideline. The first and foremost is uh, calorie, energy balance. So we want to get them to a, we want to get our tribe to a neutral calorie balance that furnishes a lean and healthy physique, because that's going to help their performance in physical um, uh, fitness, in movement, in health, all of that stuff. But most importantly, the, the, to, to unlock the cool things that we do here, we demonstrate our skills with calisthenics. So they need to be lean, uh, and we're pretty strict on that. We like we like to say guys below twelve percent body fat and, and girls below twenty two percent body fat uh, or equal to, you know, and that's pretty intense like when you consider it like it's 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 beyond healthy it's for performance now you know mm -hmm. you can be very healthy at a higher body fat the next is that we want to start to uh, reduce or almost eliminate systemic inflammation so we we talk about getting and eliminating processed <laughs> fats sugars and carbohydrates uh, any processed food is going to help um, uh, increase inflammation and we want to decrease it uh, the third one is that we want to start upregulating healing so that we're doing something that really is supporting our, our um, exercise program. And we do that through, um, you can do that in many ways. You can do it through calorie restriction or, or um, a, a negative calorie balance. You can do it through time-restricted eating, which is what we like. Uh, and the fourth one is to cultivate a healthy gut microbiome. Uh, which is, you know, so your gut is nice and healthy, your digestive system is nice and, nice and healthy, so you're actually absorbing the nutrients in all the good food that you've started to eat, and uh, you're maximizing the uh, nutrition that you're, that you're consuming. And the last one is to maximize muscle protein synthesis, uh, which we're going to talk about a lot today, and that is so that we're, you know, our bodies are repairing themselves properly after exercise, and it, 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 all of those link together you know, they're all, they all cross-pollinate each other. If you're maximizing muscle protein synthesis, you've got a higher likelihood of staying lean and, uh, and vice versa with all the others as well, you know. Mm -hmm. But that's pretty much what we try and achieve through our diet guidelines. I just wanted to frame that up uh, yep. just in case we haven't spoken about that. And today we're going to talk mostly about the muscle protein synthesis uh, one because what Rad said at the start uh, is really really important most people fail to uh, diet because they they rebound and mm. and they do that for a very specific reason which is what we we um we sort of seeded yesterday we mentioned yesterday and rad can talk about that a bit and share a couple of the experiences we've had with uh members in the past who have come from weight loss gyms i'm not going to name any names but their goal is specifically weight loss and they will do whatever it takes to get there. And a lot of the time they will put people in huge calorie depletion and do truckloads of cardiovascular, uh, um, you know, treadmill running and cycling and stuff just to offset more and more calories. Um, because if the person says, I wanna lose 20 kilos or 40 pounds in 12 weeks, they'll get them a plan to get there. Mm. Problem is they don't take into consideration what happens after that. And why don't you share a couple of those stories? Well, so, I mean, look, I the remember Nick was the worst one. Yeah. I mean, look, the writings on the wall, the, you, you only, you know, if you want to look at statistics around diets, the statistics show that anybody that achieves massive weight loss and, um, 
in a diet, meaning like in a 12-week period that they lose 40 pounds or something like that, which happens a lot, you know, that's not an unrealistic amount of weight to lose in 12 weeks. Um, and people lose even more than that sometimes. Like if you look at the biggest loser shows, I'm pretty sure they go for 12 weeks, those series, and people lose like insane amounts of weight. But statistically, anybody that loses that much weight that quickly, they put it all back on and some in no longer than three years. And about, I think about, not, I can't remember these statistics because we learned it a little while ago, but it was, it, it was statistical data that we learned from um, working with you know, metabolic research PhD holders and, and people that have really looked at all this stuff. Um, but it was most people, 90% of people put it back on within 12 months. And most people rebound back to a weight that was heavier than they were before. And the reason why is because when you focus on weight loss, you take into no consideration as to where that weight comes from. It is, it, it's just as long as on the scales you're losing weight, then you're, yeah, I'm losing weight. But the problem is that when you do that, and if you get into a, a, such a calorie deficit that it causes, um, that you get such rapid weight loss, the weight loss comes from fat and muscle at an equal rate. And that's a disaster because what happens is as your muscles are largely the, the, the governors of your met metabolism. So when your muscle mass drops, your metabolism goes into like emergency mode um, and it, it, it has a rippling effect that I'm I, like, I, I want to watch out that we don't go too deep into this because it's such a big kettle of fish and I want to just try and keep it simple and keep it simple for people. But, but yeah, basically that's what it is in a nutshell. You lose, when you lose weight at a rapid rate, you lose muscle and fat. And when that happens, your body goes into starvation mode. And as soon as you give it enough calories to do, and it's, it, it's going to happen eventually because any diet you come back from, you're going to eventually start eating the way that you like to eat again. And when you create that neutral or positive calorie surplus, you immediately, the body just goes bang and just packs it on and it just tries to store it. And if you're not doing resistance training and not maximizing muscle protein synthesis, then every bit of that weight that you put back on goes into fat. Yeah. It doesn't go into muscle, which is an, then you've got this whole new problem because now you've got less... Now you weigh the same as you did before, but more of that weight comes from fat and less of it comes from muscle and it's just horrendous. And people go on this treadmill with it and then they, you know, they don't understand why it's happening to them. They, um, they go in on a cycle, they get yeah. into it, stuck in a cycle of weight, yeah, hamster loss, wheel, weight so, gain, yeah. hamster wheel he was yeah. looking at. So the, look, so, so what's, I, I, wanna, I wanna keep, be really, really short and crystal and, and crisp on this so that we, because we've got a couple of things that we wanna get through. Um, so, so what's the secret? How do you stop that? The, the first thing you have to do is you've got to get a DEXA scan. You've got to be aware of how many calories you're meant to be, um, you need to consume. And then what you need to do is when you do your, you can't just lose weight from restricting calories. You will, if, if you only restrict calories to lose weight, you're guaranteed to lose muscle and fat. What you have to do is you have to work to maintain your muscle mass, which means you, you try to build muscle mass, but if you can maintain it while you lose fat, you're doing well, which means you need to do resistance training as part of your weight loss plan. It can't be that you just go running and or cycling or cardio training um, and restrict calories. You're going to fall into that category of losing well, muscle a, and there's fat. There's a couple of key points. And look, <coughs> look, all of this stuff has been taught to us um, uh, and, and what seems to be key is 
that you what Rad's saying there is that you do a combination of uh, re resistance training and cardiovascular. Don't just do cardiovascular exercise, yeah. which is going to displace way more calories. So that's the go-to when you want to lose weight, and that's correct. You know, it's yeah. it's a good way of displacing calories. But if you're not stimulating the muscle tissue and giving it a reason to stick around, then your body will not discriminate and the mass that the mass that you lose is often going to be both fat yeah. and muscle yeah. now it, it is different in in people you know genetics play a small role in how quickly that happens but also your your uh, past history and how quickly you start to metabolize proteins and things like that but interestingly enough um what we want to talk about today is also that the use of dietary protein, uh, the, uh, the role that dietary protein plays in this process as well is actually quite important. And, you know, um, it's hugely whilst, important. Yeah, whilst brushing up on my research here, I, I was quite interested to find um, in, the, in, in the study that I was looking at, uh, um, uh, the, the gentleman that I often quote is Dr. Gary Slater. He's a research scientist in Australia here. He's uh, up, I think, still in the Queensland U University of Sunshine, University of the Sunshine Coast. Anyway, we sort of heard this the first time, I think it was back in like 2013 or 12. Uh, it was around the time we opened the gym, we went to one of the uh, International Strength and Conditioning Summits and he was one of the keynote speakers and he presented um, a culmination of data that he'd collected um, uh, mostly by doing the nutrition of uh, athletes, rugby players, and they'd looked at all different factors around, uh, around what um, maximizes muscle protein synthesis, which is one of the pathways to um, building muscle tissue. And uh, he sort of tested uh, protein dosage per meal. He tested protein frequency throughout the day. And they found a bit of a sweet spot um, in how much protein you needed to consume to make sure that you're maximizing muscle protein synthesis. And what I didn't realize, and in reading the, the, the study today, is that what they found is if you overconsume protein, you can actually um, increase the rate that your body breaks down proteins, which can have a negative effect on how much muscle tissue you uh, you hold on to. So getting it right is actually quite more important than I thought. <coughs> you know, I kind of thought, Oh, if you just eat too much protein, you just pee it out or metabolize it. Um, but uh, what it sort of says in there is that, that, that it could potentially um, have a negative effect on your body's ability to maintain muscle tissue. So anyway, um, the, yeah, the, 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 the protein dosage and protein frequency seems to be quite important. Uh, they found that going uh, um, uh, above, in between four and six um, protein dosages through, throughout the day didn't make much of a difference. Four seemed to be the sweet spot. Uh, and, um, and the amount of protein is very, very uh, um, uh, subjective based on the weight of the, the individual. So, you know, uh, everyone needs to be calculating it based on their current um, uh, body size. Mm, and that, yeah. was, that was sort of key. Yeah. Look, I think what people, what the message that we really need to drive to home to people because we get this, um, we, we, you know, every time you, you're dealing with somebody that's really overweight and that's really feels lost and doesn't know what to do. For me, I think the most important message to understand is that if you want to lose fat and, you know, let's be really clear, it's not that you want to lose fat, it's that you want to completely change your body fat percentage and maintain that for the rest of your life. 
So to say I want to lose fat is a, is not the right mentality to start with, I think. The, the, the goal is, okay, I've got a 30% body fat and I want to get down to, I'm a man, I want to get down to 12% body fat and I want to maintain that for the rest of my life. That is a journey that is going to take you years. Mm. You are not going to achieve that in three months. It is never, ever going to happen. It does not matter what some fucking bullshit program is trying to sell you. It doesn't matter what the marketing's saying. It doesn't matter the testimonials that they've got of people that did it. It is not going to happen in three months. And it certainly isn't going to happen in 30 days. And this, it's a journey that if you do it the right way, then what will happen, this is, these are the numbers that I remember. I remember that healthy fat loss was around 700 grams to 1.5 kilograms, or I think that's about one and a half pounds to three and a half pounds roughly per week. That's healthy fat loss without losing muscle mass as well. Now think about that. If you, if you went to somebody that's, that's 50 or 60 pounds overweight and said to them, uh, you can lose one pound a week, you know, or one and a half pounds a week. That's probably what you're going to lose. And that'll be really healthy. Most people would be like, fuck that. The guy around the corner told me I'll lose 40 pounds in, you know, f 12 weeks if I do his challenge. Yeah. So th the first thing you've got to understand is, and that's if you get everything right. If you do it all right, then th those are the numbers that you can expect to lose. But then what the hardest part is, and, and, and I haven't read this, Yanni's read this research, um, is that apparently it takes your metabolism about seven years to adjust to the new weight that you've now found. And this, I believe this so much, not because I've ever gone through weight loss like this, but because I can now look back on my five year journey with calisthenics and flexibility. And when I set out on it with my experience with exercise, being a personal trainer at that time, I'd already been a trainer for about 13 years. I'd been doing martial arts for God knows how long I was in a good shape. I really thought that I would be able to achieve in 12 months more than what I've achieved in five years. Mm. I really thought that. I thought, this is, I thought, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna train for three hours a day. I'm gonna do it six days a week. And in a year, I should be able to do this. And five years later, I still can't do some of the things that I said. And now that I look back on it, now that I can consolidate all this experience and info, it just makes so much sense to me. It takes time to achieve life-changing transformations with the body. And it is in our benefit that that happens because easy come, easy go. And it's the behavior, it's the habit, it's the way that you live your life that maintains the results that you've got. So whatever you've got now, wherever your body is, you're behaving in a way that maintains that. And to change those behaviors that you can do daily, that takes time to do. Yeah. I, I think um, if, uh, if we <coughs> rewind a little bit, there was something that you said there that is so, so important to sort of take a freeze frame of. and and really go deep on, which is that I think um, the question needs to change. People, people say, how do I lose? Someone who's 10 kilos overweight says, how do I lose 10 kilos? They ask that question, how do I lose 10 kilos? What's the best diet to lose? The question actually needs to be, how do I live a life at uh, the, the ideal weight that they're, sh they're searching for? Yeah. Rather than so how true. do I get there, how do I um, how do I live a life? How, what how like how do I live a lifestyle that's ten kilos lighter? Not how do I get ten kilos lighter? Mm. And when you change that question, it changes everything mm. because there's so much that comes into it. And what what you've said is right. It takes on average about five to seven years to 
for, for the changes that you've made to become your norm around body composition. And that's a long time. So you, you, you cannot um, remain asking the question, how do I get there? It's got to be about how, wh what do I need to do to live a life where I'm 10 kilos lighter? Mm. And that changes everything because yeah. it comes down to how, am I, how much am I exercising? Mm. You know, how am I um, socializing? How am I interacting with people? How am I eating? You know, how am I sleeping? Sleep is a huge uh, correlation. There's a huge correlation with sleep quality and weight management, you know? And, and so all of these factors start to come into play when you ask the right question. Yeah. And, and, that, and I think that's gotta be the starting point for most people. And this, is, um, and this is how we've achieved everything that we've achieved. Like Yanni, Yanni and Richard and I, um, you know, we have goals where, and, and then we look at the six months or the year or the two or the three years that we've been trying to work on goals, be it business goals, family goals, relationship goals, financial goals, fitness and health goals, movement goals, strength, whatever it is. And then when you realize that you're not achieving these goals, I, I don't even remember where we learned this from because we've had so many mentors. Maybe you can shed some light on this, Yanni. But the the concept around not how do I achieve these goals, but what is the behaviors that the people that can already that already have what I want what are those behaviors and how can I behave in that way so or a simpler way to put it is how does the person that I want to be behave yeah. because you know that's how you do it like that's something that Yanni is like drilling in our heads um, here at, at the gym Yanni because Yanni's the um, the CEO of our business so he he's the one that that drives the business development forward and Yanni always says to Richard and me, how does the leader of the business that we want to have behave? And so the same thing happens with me that I say to myself all the time with my training. Whenever I'm looking at plateaus or I'm not getting anywhere, I ask myself, how does the person that I want to be, how does the person that can do what I want to be behave? And whenever I ask that question, there's always some things that just stand out so clearly to me that I'm doing that the person that is a, you know, much better than I am at what I want to be good at, that, that, that's the way they behave, you know? And when you look at that, like it's when you go out with somebody that's really fit and healthy. And if you're somebody that's listening to this and you're not that person in your group and you say, oh, let's get a beer. And they, that person goes, no, I'll just have a water, thanks. Well, that's a moment where you need to sort of go, hang on a minute, there's something here. Like mm. this person had like, and, and man, the, the biggest cop out, the biggest cop out is when people look to us and say, oh, you guys are just lucky. You've got good genetics, you know? And Richard and Yanni and me always laugh at that because, you know, Richard makes jokes about, um, Richard, can I, yeah, yeah. can I say this? Yeah. yeah. So Richard talks about how when he goes back home to Adelaide, his entire family is overweight. And we've got the same issue, like in our, like our parents, um, not so much our sisters, but definitely our parents uh, have yeah. both and grandparents, and grandparents yeah. are really overweight and yeah. unhealthy people. And Yanni and I have bucked that new. So, you know, when you say, oh, you're just you guys have got good genetics. It's such a load we of bullshit. Certainly, we certainly don't. Yeah, yeah. We've, we've, got, we've, we've, we've diabetes we've just, and cancer rife throughout yeah. our family. And we've <laughs> we've just we've just behaved in a way that 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 creates the body that we want. Listen, we do have to go. Um, Can so I read what Erica? Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, I love what Erica said. Erica, uh, welcome to the um, podcast, by the way. She, Erica trains with Rad in the mornings. 
here at Unity Gym. Not this morning, she's Erica. crushing <laughs> it. She's just posted she will be here tomorrow morning. Yeah, uh, uh, Erica's one of our seniors. Uh, Go and have a look at her on our um, Instagram page. You can see Erica um, doing some amazing calisthenics on our Instagram page. And she's uh, she said, people tend to want quick fixes, taking any and all measures to create rapid fat loss. It's often said that maintenance is harder than getting the fat off. For the first time, anyone can take drastic measures and diet hard for a short period. But to keep the fat off requires changing behavior and accepting that it's a lifestyle change. You can't go back to old patterns of eating and expect the fat not to come back, which is exactly, exactly uh, right. And it, look, this is why I say that question. The question you're asking needs to change. If you're asking the question, how do I lose 10 pounds, 20 pounds, 30 pounds, whatever it is that you want to lose, you need to reframe that question. How do I, so if you're, if you're currently 80 kilograms and you want to be 70 kilograms, you need to ask the question, not how do I lose 20 kilograms? You need to ask the question, how, how do I live? How does a behave? 70 kilogram person, how does a, a 70 kilogram version of myself live? How do they behave? How do they behave? Yeah. How do they exercise? Yeah. How do they sleep? Yeah. How do they eat? Yeah. How do they socialize? Because if you think that they just lose the weight and get to 70 kilos, but then behave the way that you're behaving now, you are wrong. Yeah, and, and look, you might find that, oh, that's so much more complex or complicated than how do I lose 20 kilos? But I'm telling you now, it's the difference between whether you lose 20 kilos or not. Yeah. And I mean, or what's whether the, you maintain it. Yeah. You know, the time is the key factor here. Time is everything. Without time, we're nothing. Okay. Now, mm -hmm. if you're if you're looking at this time and think, how do I lose twenty kilos and then just gain it back within a year? What's the point of that? Mm -hmm. All it does is damage the body mm -hmm. and cause you a whole lot of pain and hardship. You know. Yeah. And and the and the most amazing things about our bodies are that they respond to what we do. So whatever we do, like every, like one of the one of the best thing one of the most powerful things that i heard from a good friend of ours is that you are right now you are an expression of your environment so the state of your body right now look at yourself you are an expression of your decisions and the environment that you've created for yourself there is no denying it it is yeah. that's why I, I love what arnold schwarzenegger said he said a good physique is one of the greatest indicators of work ethic that you ever had yeah. because you cannot be given a good physique you can't buy it and you will lose it immediately if you stop working on it yeah. so when you see somebody with a good physique you know immediately that this person has a high work ethic yeah. and that this person takes care of themselves because you, there's no other way to get it yeah so when you look at yourself you cannot deny that the, the state of your body is a direct translation of the decisions that you're making in your life and you are in control of that yeah. you are and that's why we've if you if you're listening to this and you haven't listened to this whole week you need to listen to this week's worth of podcasts because this is why you know we spoke about this concept uh, it was either yesterday or the day before i think it was wednesday about surrounding yourself with, with a tr or joining a tribe where the behavior that you're seeking is the normal behavior because yeah, you know, your the decisions that you're making are influenced by the people that you're closest to. Yeah, and uh, that's something you know. that Erica could chime in on. I don't know, Erica, if you, uh, what your, because you've been with us for so long now, I don't remember what it was like when you first came, but were you training five or six days a week before you came? And were you so passionate about it? 
Uh, I'd love to know. Anyway. Yeah, chime uh, in real quick, Erica, because we've got to end this show, but we'd love to we'd love to hear what you've got to say. We've got to dive over to our online coaching group now. Um, we're, I think we're going to be having a flash sale this weekend. We sure are, and it's funny. <laughs> it's hilarious that these happen sometimes, but um, Nathan has asked the question, Nathan Redman, he asked it two hours ago in the Movement Mastermind. Hi, this is the first handstand question in months and yeah. it couldn't have come at a better time. He said, hi, I'm just wondering what the difference is between the handstand masterclass and the Presta handstand class. Also, if there is a required baseline for either of them. Thanks. The handstand masterclass is designed to take you from an absolute beginner with zero um, practice doing handstands up to a freestanding handstand for, you know, 30 seconds. The press to handstand masterclass is designed to teach somebody who can already do at least a basic handstand, a press to handstand, which is a very cool calisthenics move, it's a great display of skill. And guess what? They're both going on sale this weekend for the first time in months uh, for our flash sale this weekend. So jump both on of it. The, both of them. The yeah, well, the, the handstand masterclass is, is the flash sale. sale. And if you get that, you will have the opportunity then to add the press, the press to oh, handstand cool. masterclass um, to you your go. bundle at you a great it. discount. Yep. So we'll put a post up in the page as soon as we finish our online coaching group call. And uh, yeah, anyone who wants to learn a handstand, this is a really great opportunity for you. But Look above and beyond that, above and beyond that, the handstand is the gateway. It's like the gateway drug to calisthenics because it conditions all the areas of the body that get absolutely punished when you try to break into cali, like yeah. wrists, hands, shoulders, core, all the stuff that just needs to be bulletproofed. Yeah. And that's what our handstand masterclass does. Anyone who wants to know, it's a five phase, huge program. And we start by prepping and conditioning the body. So it's a really, really good, I think a must have for anyone who's trying to break into Cali and use calisthenics as a means to demonstrate their strength, um, skill and flexibility skill. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Eric has uh, answered here three days average, now six days a week. Yeah, look, there you go. And that's, that. that's a testament to surrounding yourself with a tribe. And Eric is now uh, one of our um, most senior students at the gym. She's got her own keys to the gym. She practically runs the place. Uh, and, she, you know, she's just submerged herself into the right tribe where what she's wanting to do is the norm. And now she's leading the way, she's leading from the front. It's fantastic and it's been fantastic to watch, Erica. Uh, one day you're gonna own a Unity gym. Uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll, uh, you heard it here first. You heard it here first. Uh, All right guys, I'll jump. see you tomorrow. Oh, we'll see you at lunchtime, Erica. We'll see you yeah. soon. Great work to I think Kalisha's gonna come train with you tomorrow morning as well. Rock on, I'll be here tomorrow morning I'll, I'll as be well. afterwards, because yeah. I'm training Link, who can't, he's, he can't train in the gym while it's busy just yet, because he's working on a project and he signed a contract where he can't be in public gyms, but we'll be there straight after tag teaming. And All right, let's do it. Let's go. We'll see you guys in the UMS online coaching group and everybody else, we'll see you next week. Have a great weekend. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're gonna have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that It's far. the consistency and frequency that's gonna get you there. It's not the intensity. There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. It's the gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.